Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Today on the show, we have a serious treat for you. We have artist Susie Altman. She's an illustrator. She makes books, toys, little beautiful characters come to life in three dimensions. Uh, I'm a giant fan of her work. We have, uh, you can go check out her stuff at suzyoltman.com or at suzyoltman, S-U-Z-Y-U-L-T-M-A-N on Instagram. Uh, You're going to go want to follow her. Uh, Her work is, yeah, it's really cute, but it has so much spirit, so much soul, so much depth and heart. And uh, the books that she made are a regular on our bedtime reading with my littlest, we we her her books have a lot of play involved, and uh, we spend a lot of time with her books. I wanted to have Susie on not not only because I'm a huge fan, and she lives here in Columbus, Ohio, and so we got to meet in person, uh, but because Susie has this zen about her, and if you guys have been following this podcast for the past year, you know that I've been really stressed out this past year, uh, juggling a lot of things, making a lot of big decisions, a lot of big opportunities, all kinds of good stuff, but really, really stressed. And uh, I was 
when I started thinking about asking Susie to be on the podcast, I was instantly like, yes, I, I need to talk to her because I need to just ask her how does she manage her work and uh, her being being a parent and just all the th- all the things she does and still have that zen and that heart and that um, center that she has whenever I interact with her. And so we get to that. We go through six things that help keep her zen, centered, um, and also so much more. We talk about some really personal things. We talk about uh, her... Uh, yeah, just all kinds of stuff. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. I don't want to give any way, give away anymore, but it's gonna be a two parter because we talked for two hours. <laughs> and uh, man, I am so pumped for you to hear this. All right, you are going to love Susie if you don't already know her. If you already know her, I'm sure you already love her. Her work is incredible, and she's incredible. Here she is, Susie Altman. I'm I one of the things that I was thinking about questions for you and what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I started to feel <laughs> really excited yeah. because um, I feel like I need a pep talk from you. Oh, uh, because <laughs> basically a cheerleader. I can basically give you a that vibe that you just gave me. Yeah. That's what I wanted <laughs> um, because I feel like you have uh, this uh, Zen vibe, Thank and I you. feel like I. The past year, mm-hmm. I would say past year, I've been stressed out of my mind, oh. um, which I've talked a little bit about on the yeah. podcast, and I don't really have any good solutions for it. I haven't yeah. figured it out, um, and so I was excited about talking to you because I think that you have so much more of a calm about you than I do. Thank you. So how Thanks. do you do it? That's my first question. How do question. I do it? Um, and I've had friends tell me that I have a Zen vibe, so I appreciate yeah. that. I'm not... I, the people closest to me know I, I have, you know, try and keep that in balance. And but I'm sure it's not like that all the time. No, it's, def- it's definitely not like that all the time. I think part of it is um, practice and part of it are things that I've stepped through in my life to kind of help keep other things in perspective yeah. so that I can, I know what to let go of. Yeah. Um, and probably, um, I don't know how deep we want to get so quickly. I know. I'm sorry that I. No, I that's thought okay. a lot about whether I should start with like. Uh, no, because I get because I, I think that that's important. You know, I think in terms of um, because it does go back a, a way a ways for me because I was brought up in a household where we were always doing things, uh-huh. and I think the doing um, while it's great and I'm a very organized person and I can accomplish a lot. At a certain point, you can you can hit a wall with yeah. that. Yeah. And maybe you're not doing all the things you 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 think you're doing the things you think you should be doing, but you're not enjoying the moments. And um, where I hit my wall was when my my first marriage broke up. Yeah. And so um, let's do this. Yeah. Let's go because I. I you know one way of starting a podcast yeah. is tell us your story. Yeah, but I thought I would start with you know my deepest curiosity. First, I like that. Let's go back to yeah. Let's see, can you tell us a little bit about that doing childhood, and we'll work our way through to that. Well, so there's another piece of me too, which is that um, when my marriage broke up, that's yeah. when. I actually got my chronicle. That's when I I had met Lilla and I got my chronicle job at the same time. Okay. So my so paper let, doll pr- and those things launched me into my career. Yeah. So it was kind of finding that 
my space and my creativity and working through just understanding that I needed to like, I would spend my days just sitting mm -hmm. and like reflecting on what, where I was in that space and time. Yeah. Drawing and taking care of the kids and making sure they were moving forward and making sure I was moving forward. Yeah. So that space is when I first learned to just be present. So I'm very curious about all this. I want to deep dive into it. Let's <laughs> pretend like that little start is like, yeah. you know, at the start of a Shakespeare play yeah. where they tell you this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and then they go into it. That's yeah. what we'll just do. <laughs> so we'll go back. To, we, yeah. Let's go through your story. Because I, I assumed that, you know, from just the little pieces that I picked up over yeah. the years and some yeah. research that this isn't a, just a thing that, it's not that interesting to talk to somebody about something that's just innate to them. Because you right. can't learn anything from there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I felt like that that zen and that intentionality yeah. came from a place yeah. of learning. Yeah. And so let's go back, let's start all the way back to when you were a kid. Yeah. What who, what, well, what did your parents do? That's, that, okay, so my parents, my dad was a chemical engineer at Penn State University. Right. And he had that same career for his whole life. Yeah. And very much a problem solver. I kind of, I have that side of his brain. So I love to problem solve. Um, I'm also sort of, he's an absent-minded professor. I kind of got that side right, of him yeah, too, which right. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and very creative in his own right. He loved woodworking. I would spend time in the wood shop with him. And then my mom, um, she, she had an education degree, but she was a painter. She loved baking and sewing. So I spent a ton of time with making her. Making things. Making. Yeah. And so I love making. Like that as a kid, when yeah. I was doing, like we were playing outside, we were in the woods. I, as soon as I could reach the counter, I was baking with my mom. Um, I was in the wood shop with my dad. Yeah. Um, Play-Doh, like anything I could make, anything I could get my hands on, I was making. And that really, I danced. I would choreograph like routines with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just that space for me became like the space that I felt the most um, quiet and comfortable and comforted yeah. was when I was making. I could get just lost in that world. Even when you were little? Even and when where, I was where little. Were, where were you living? We were in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he's teaching at Penn State. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, and my parents, um, they were just, I think for them that was their space too. And we didn't have, you know, Netflix or a million channels. So on yeah. the weekends, my you know, we were raking or my dad was doing, you know, making, you know, projects and um, we had a couple channels on TV and I would watch, you know, on Sundays I'd watch, I love stop motion animation. I'd watch like old monster movies and then try and like make little things myself. And Would you, like were you making with the camera? Or just make your making no, the stuff? No, just in my mind. Yeah, like right. I'd get like a shoebox and like yeah. do little like cut paper things, right. yeah, you know? And of cool. course it was all like <laughs> happening, you know, yeah. in my head. That's awesome. Um, so that was like the early, the early formation and and in their doing which was great they loved to travel so every break we were and state college is very much um it's in the middle of the state and it's very isolated the university's yeah. there so we would get like sports and stuff but not a lot of like just very homogenous and very isolated and my dad grew up in chicago so my parents loved to travel so we would go yeah. to DC and go to museums and that was great so we would see a lot and we do a lot they'd schedule out you all lots of your time is that what you're saying or yeah. you just action just doing things just doing a yeah. lot yeah. so I grew up with that and it was it's great it's I think it's wonderful to be very active and to be doing a lot of things yeah 
But I think it's really um, what I've come to learn as I've grown up. It's important to have that downtime too, and especially these days when there is like so much around you, so much input. Yeah. Um, so how did you get on the path of going from that childhood to design or, or whatever? So I, you know, they did at that time. Like with, I don't know if it was at that time, but my parents didn't really know anything about graphic design. I went to Penn State undergrad started in accounting. I'm like, I'm good with numbers. I'll My do dad numbers. has an MBA from Penn State. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so many weird. Penn Staters. Um, and I thought I had taken like graphic design classes in high school and like loved it. And my teacher was really supportive, but I don't think my family knew what to do with it. My yeah. parents weren't discouraging me to be creative, but I don't think they knew there was any type of career in it. So I tried doing accounting for about a year and a half and I was miserable. I actually failed um, my econ class and I had never failed a class before. My parents um, were very kind and like, what's wrong? Like you've never done this poorly. And I just said, I'm really unhappy. So um, I found my way to the graphic design program at Penn State and that was my undergrad career. And then after a couple of years out professionally, I felt like there was something more creatively that I needed to find. So I went and did graduate work at CalArts. At that time, like Emma Gray was coming out and Raygun, and there was all this stuff coming out of was the it West all Coast. CalArts or around there? Well, or West Coast? there was Cranbrook that yeah. was generating all, like a lot of the people that were generating all of that, like typography and postmodernist yeah. graphic design work. Yeah. And that was somewhat Midwest and then also West That's Coast. That's like Michigan, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh my God, like that's like, I, I, I the modernist thing for me, I was like, it, 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 I could make it work, but it didn't really feel like me. It was too constrained. I think it's because there was an artist inside of me. I think yeah. I wasn't a graphic designer. I think, you know, I spent a lot of, uh, this is a complete aside and I don't want to derail us too much, but uh, I, I went to school for graphic design. You know, I think that graphic design is, I always say it's like the trick to your parents where to you it sounds like art, but to them it sounds almost like engineering. Yeah, like it's like, well, you, it's it's a viable career path. Yeah. Like you can get a job, you can but get... I, yeah, I was stifled by it. Like yeah. I, and especially modernism, which was, again, I was, uh, I studied in England and there was a resurgence of modernism. It was around like Helvetica documentaries. Yeah. Series, like all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I feel like... Uh, this obsession with like grids and kerning and yeah. all that's in you know minimalism yeah. is the opposite of me. I <laughs> so, mean, yeah. I'm glad that I understand it. Yes, but I couldn't live in it. Me so neither. when I went out to Cal Arts, I took like the first year I didn't even go on the computer. I would just like cut up type and make these posters. And I, looking back now, I realize I was illustrating. Mm. But a lot of the people there were like they're making up typefaces that. They they were legible, yeah. but they're basically illustrating. And um, I got so a. So is this what? Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. this is like, uh, is it David Carson, Raygun? Yeah, that kind of stuff. And that's the thing that made design more illustrative. Is that yes. what I'm kind of saying? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then I got like I took design theory classes and like all this stuff that was like, <sighs> like oh my god, like, you know. Whereas undergrad. What blew my mind was like I took my first feminist classes and I'm like, oh my god, there were women in history because yeah. I hadn't learned that in high school. <laughs> yeah. So in college, that was that. And so then when I got to That's graduate hilarious. school, it was like that illustrative piece, and then also hearing about like design theory and like appropriation because postmodernism, they were like 
really discussing like what does it mean to appropriate and reappropriate, which is now like coming back like mm -hmm. to haunt everyone with the whole like like cultural these, appropriation. Yeah, all that stuff, yeah. and actually like digging into what does this mean if we do it, and how do we do it well, and all this. So, which is nice because I think when I look at how um, I just feel like I have. When I look at things on Instagram and people, just reasons, I can I can look at it with a an, a macro, a kind of. an eye with something, you know, just having that education. It's, yeah, that's kind of a whole aside. That's another conversation. Right. But anyway, <laughs> so I had that, and then um, moved back to the East Coast and attempted to open a design studio um, with my ex-husband and another partner, and that lasted for a couple of years and was a great education in like business and working with people. Um, and then we moved out to Portland and got jobs at Nike and Adidas. Mm, okay, so learned I didn't about, know that. Learned about apparel. Like I'd already fell in love with the West Coast, so Portland just pushed me over the edge. Yeah. I'm like, West Coast. You like Portland? I feel like yeah. it, it's like a Sophie, it's, Sophie's never been, I have been, yeah. but she's very like, it, cause it looks like England and America smash because like a, a British oh. climate. Yeah, uh, I didn't think anyway. about it that yeah. way. I, I, that's I'm, I'm like a, I'm an East Coast person. I was born East Coast, but I'm definitely like a West Coast Vibe. soul. Yeah, or maybe European. I'm just not yeah. quite like yeah. an East Coaster. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I agree. So we lived there, and then. Um, and then he was given the opportunity to get a job with Nike HQ in Amsterdam. And I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. So we moved there for three years. So it sounds like just so, real quick, just cause I want to uh, point out something Yeah. that you, I love this idea. I think obviously if you've listened to the podcast more than once, you yeah. know that I'm obsessed with the hero's journey to, yeah. a, to a fault. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, I love the idea of, you know, every journey is gathering an elixir of some kind yeah. and kind of being mindful of uh, when you look back in your past and you start saying, well, the elixir from that journey was this and from that journey was yes. this, that it gives you hope and purpose in the current journey because you know, okay, I'm not going to understand what I'm getting from this season yeah. of my life, but I know that I'm getting something. If I'm on the path, I'm getting something. And you talk about, you kind of just did that because you talk about undergrad. Yeah. You got this. What What did you say you got at undergrad? Well, I got a better understanding of, like, as a woman, yeah. my place in the world. Right. And I got like a, a design. More, a broader. Yes. Yeah. And I got a design degree. Yep. Which was really important because I needed. And then you went to CalArts yeah. and you got illustration yeah you started to get the seed of that and I think I started understanding who I was creatively right. but I don't think I knew that until later yeah. and so I then, knew it was different I wonder if yeah. you would would say this or not but when you worked at you said apparel at Nike and Adidas yeah. thing do you think that was the seed of your up applied work yeah well that was a whole other thing because my sister moved out there okay. and we were like best friends and like sister soulmates and all this thing and she got a job at adidas and this is when these companies had a lot of like money to yeah. like put towards their designers and we got to travel on inspiration trips so we went to la we went to new york um uh, so we like twice a year we would take these trips together and we would stay in hotels and we learned how to trend 
We would, I think the first trip, oh, I went to Chicago with somebody on the basketball team and we, they would say like this, so the first time I went with somebody and then I'd go by myself and then Joanna and I were on a team, so we went together. Yeah. And it was, and we were the girls team. So that's like my passion and it was her passion too. So they were paying us to go for a week and say go to LA and figure out what the trends are gonna be for girls because it was before, this was like right as the internet was starting to come in like as an important piece for people trending. Yeah. So. It was like playtime and it was me understanding. I always had um, a good sense of trend, but this was like really understanding how to look for it. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It right. was the best. So then coming back and designing t-shirts was was good and, yeah. and it was it helped me understand the marketing piece of things. Like when you're in a room and you've got marketing there, you've got development there, you've got the design team there, and that's very important for me now. When yeah. I talk to people, when I talk to my clients, I know that when the feedback comes back, it's not just me in the room. Like it's not just yep. my artwork in the room. Yeah, I'm sure you you know too. Like it's there's a whole all these other people involved. Right. So that that's really helpful. Um, being in any corporate job to to be understand like where your place is yeah. so that when you're working at, as an independent person you can talk to your art director and you know have emotion for them when they have to come yeah, to you that with kind feedback. of empathy of yeah. like understanding the role means that you can more effectively communicate the, to yeah. them and, and do it in a way that yeah. makes it fun to work with you and yeah you know, and I always come at everything as oh, that That's right. we're that we're a team. Yes. Because if I want them to know that I'm part of their team. Yeah. Because I understand that they're going in as part of this bigger team. Um so that it gave me that piece too. But Which a big part of, you know, building a career as uh repeat clients at the basic yeah. you know, the basic level. Yeah. But relationships of like right. they like working with you, you yeah. you know, you don't demand too much or expect too much or you yeah. understand their side of it. But uh two things that, so as we go through this, we'll just, you know, ADHD this yeah, thing. We'll happening? go all over the place. That's the way we're <laughs> going to do it. Um, that's the way I do my podcast. Okay, cool. Um, you it know, feels like a conversation, so it's that's very the comfortable. Way it to, yeah, exactly. I like it. Um, but I want to talk about two things from that. I want to just camp out at the. You were at Nike, or you? Were my at, ex was at, well. I was at Nike for for actually for a bit, but I was mainly at Adidas. I was at Adidas and then Nike and then okay. Adidas. It's a small town, so yeah, people get around. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I've kind of noticed that. Um, so I want to talk about two things. One is you talking about spotting trends. Yeah. And actually, uh, I was just talking with someone in our industry yeah. about, I think that the visual, and I, I'm, I want to hear what you think about okay. this, but I, I feel as though in the creative world, music, film, whatever, everything, I feel like visual artists are, we have the most toxic culture in terms of understanding influence and trends and how things come about and how culturally yeah. relevant things happen and all that. I just feel like there's a, I think the world that you're a part of is probably pretty lovely in a way, at least from what outside. I, I'm sorry, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> making a judgment on that. But you know, you yeah. and Sarah Walsh and my my yeah. friends from that part yeah. of the industry ha seem to have a little bit healthier of a vibe in that world. Yeah. But especially the further you get out to design or you editorial. mean like competitive wise or yeah, it's just like, like trying to be. I like, tr you know, if you think about trends or influence or mood boards or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. 
I feel as though the you go into a company, one of these yeah. big companies, oh yeah, and they're all spotting trends. They yeah. have mood boards, they have and boards they're, you know yeah. they're, they're doing that. And then on the individual level, if people see anybody influencing each other or anybody mm-hmm. jumping on a trend or whatever, there's just a lot of at the very least behind the scenes bitchiness. Yeah, uh, if not attacking people yeah. and whatever. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's so fascinating. So my and my my little sister had gotten a job here when I was in Amsterdam at Abercrombie, which is like, they're like trend freaking masters. So she yeah. would tell me about their trend stuff. Um, so understanding that, how they break stuff down into like looking at artists and who's out there and whatnot. Um, so our what I do, there's definitely like, there are the trend books and the trend websites and all that happening. And I've been approached to be in them. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Are they gonna, yeah, just so people can call me? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I do see it all over Instagram with not just, um, I know Danielle wrote a wonderful article about copying people. Yeah. So not just that piece of looking at trends, but it's also like conceptually. Yeah. But I think what what I've always been interested in and I think this is where you see the difference between the people that are just following trend and the people that are up here Creating like trends. you. Yeah. And I, I think, remember- and I, I just wanted to make it clear that I think that there's this giant spectrum yeah. uh, if you're thinking about it in terms of ethics. And I'm sure I there agree. are a lot of, I think there are probably a lot of brands yeah. that are trend bonkers and probably ethically crossing some lines. I see what you're saying. And then also, but, and then there are, uh, and then there are artists on the other end of the spectrum that are like, nothing influences me. I don't, I'm above trend. I've right. never been influenced by no, a trend I or, think, well, and I just, a, you having both experiences, yeah. it seems like you would have just a really interesting, a lot of interesting things so to say So I think that. if you're out in the world, you're going to be influenced by the world. I think so, It's like yeah. next to impossible to not be influenced by what you're around. I actually think it can be a great thing to be uh, influenced definitely, by Definitely, definitely. We yeah. live in a world with um, a lot of visual stuff, and if you're a visual person, um, you collect it. I have certain people. I remember I, I was with my husband, and I saw, I, I love um, Sana Anika. Yeah. Love her. And I was doing a project with the carousel and she had drawn a carousel. I'm like, I can't, I can't look look at at it because my brain, (laughs) my brain's like a filing cabinet of images and will create an imprint of it. Yeah. And whether I, especially with her work, whether I mean it or not, because we both break down stuff very geometrically. So I'm like, I don't even want to see it um, because I will unintentionally like, just geometrically, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I am so aware of geometry of things. I know how hard it is to create that balance that I don't even want to go there yes. because even the simplest thing isn't yeah. that simple to draw. Yes. Um, so I have been affected by that, yeah. and sometimes I don't look away. Sometimes I'm like just scrolling through, and it yeah. probably you know seeps through. Um, and because we live in a world where there is so much more visual input, I think it's hard to not even more so to, to check yourself mm-hmm. and make sure you're, now in terms of conceptual trends, um, that's, I think that's an interesting one because I will see somebody like draw, I see an apple thing, you know, over there, like draw, yeah. like start drawing some new type of apple and then like two days later, you know, that's everyone on Instagram right. is drawing them. <laughs> and I have, 
I have I sort of have an issue with that yeah. because I feel like it's a lot harder for people to build a brand these days. Mm-hmm. And um and I I feel for new artists because yeah. I do feel like it's much much harder to build a clear brand. Yeah. When you have people seeing things that they get excited about and then think like not understanding yeah. what it means to just start whether it's visually knocking them off or conceptually. Yeah. Um and that was one of the reasons I went on to Instagram was to have like a timeline of my brand to say this yeah. is who I am. Because I really didn't, I didn't do it for a long time. I was a late adopter. And then I thought, well, there are a couple of reasons I can do it for reach out, but also to just kind of show this timeline of who I am. Yeah, that's good. So people just understand an authenticity that. Of, yeah. You know, one of the things, just as an example, is like, uh, you know, my Nod project that eventually turned into my Invisible Things project yeah. is a at least 10 year process. Right. And I, I think cataloging that yeah. shows there are people that have come along and been like, now I draw invisible things yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, and I do think that that timeline shows it's like, yeah, yeah, you're not in this for the long haul and it doesn't come from an authentic place. So, right. Yeah. And I just had a conversation with a friend about this the other day where somebody did something like hers and it made me upset. Sure. And so, um, I, you know, we were talking about it and I said, well, at least with you, like on your feed, like you can see that you've been doing this for years and years and years. I'm like, other people might not know that, but we know that. Yep. And so the two of us can be like. It's a complicated subject, but that's why I ask you, because I think having been inside the beast of companies like Nike and Adidas and Abercrombie, you're going to see a different, totally different side. And then you're going to be around all these artists and it's just interesting to me. I think good companies, um, they they try they will make it their own they yes. they actually make use that, it as that inspiration yeah. land of nod will they they hire artists that yeah. have their own that ha- i mean they're no longer land of nod Are and i think crate and barrel right. kids or something yeah um i think nike and adidas oh it was were so i was so young in adidas when i was doing that i'm trying to think of like our graphics weren't that they were so sporty and we were looking at girls we were doing girl stuff so there wasn't a lot of there there wouldn't be really the same kind of um, thing that we're talking about. But sure. I really feel like Nike will hire the right people to do what they need them to do. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there's like this middle echelon of companies yeah. that I won't name Yeah. that I see it all the time where they yeah. just, you know, will... Rip people off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I think for me, the, the, re- the reason I actively ask you about it is mm-hmm. because I think... Uh, I think our industry and and creative industries and and, uh, all creative industries need to be able to have talks about it in a nuanced way because I think the trend is to, I I shouldn't use that word because it's confusing it, but, (laughs) but you know, typically it's a very black and white thing. Like I feel like, you know, but there's a difference between ripping people off and inspiration and there's a, you know, you said these companies would use these trends as inspiration right? and saying and making a judgment call on that's okay right? Um, or and where is it not okay and so anyway it's just good to hear I just like hearing different artists perspective because it's such a heated thing in a lot of parts of this creative industry right I mean I think that you like you did one of the first coloring outline doodle books yeah and you set a trend yeah um, and you can be the proud owner of that, right. you know, of, of that thing. Um, 
but, but I, also, I you know, I did it, and I, yeah, that's a great example because it's something that I, I feel some ownership in that. You should, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't get a lot of. Uh, I it launched a lot of things that I'm doing. Right. But it didn't. I didn't get any money from it. Right. And, you know, and lots of people went on to make tons of money on it. Right. That's, but it's okay with me. Yeah, that's and okay I think me. that's what when you're in it for the long haul. I think yeah. that's kind of how you need to look at things. And I also, I think I always look at. I find it easy to look at it from the eyes of the underdog or the new person who. I want them or, or creativity flourishing. Like right. I want, I want that movement to happen. I want that. I want. I w- I'm glad that coloring, adult coloring books, became a thing. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Yeah, and I didn't. It's okay if I didn't become a millionaire on it, like <laughs> or a thousandaire, whatever it would be. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, I have, I have both sides as a creator who gets hurt when people rip me off. Yeah. And then as a as a person who just wants creativity to flourish. Yeah. I like, you know, maybe I don't know. yeah, maybe that was a little different thing cuz that was like a something that you made that just kind of like set everyone on fire. People were like, "Oh my gosh, like this got people really excited and then other types of that thing were made." Yeah. I just wish you got more recognition for doing that because like if there were a museum of like <laughs> these things yeah. changed like publishing history because I feel like that happened and then That's all of a sudden it was like it's everyone publishers like, "We need coloring books." Well, you know what's that? The better lesson is always listen to your wife because and I've said this before yeah. but I did that book and I thought it's because you know it's because it's this indie rock homage yeah and that's what's cool about it yeah and Sophie was like you know this is like when it came out yeah I think there's something about this like adult coloring thing and I was like no <laughs> it's like, so now I listen to everything that I don't but I should yeah. I listen to her more than I used to that's yeah. for sure um, but yeah, that's totally true. But I guess for me, I just like, I feel like everybody uh, wants to, like there's a phrase I say a million times, which is every framework is a lie, but some are useful. And so mm. our frameworks for parsing out what's okay and what's not, yeah, it's a spectrum of gray. Right. So we're, we're doing, we're, we're delineating and, and chopping this up into like rules, but it's, that's not what creativity is like. It's so much... There's a giant spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and so all these rules and ideas and everything that we categorize everything in are really useful. But it's also creativity is just messier and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think something that, you know, you obviously talk about on your podcast, especially by having creative people on, is are people's stories. And I think yeah. that's what hurts me when I'm talking about, like, the Apple yeah. Example when somebody creates some new apple and then two days later everyone on Instagram is drawing that drawing kind that. of apple, yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what that came from 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 their story 100%. and where they are yeah. might be going with it. And I don't know if that's I think it's a couple of things. I think I'm not sure what's happening in the education system with young artists. I also think there's this and this goes back to what we're this is talking about the slowing down thing and not yeah. doing all the time. Yeah. But everybody's, I, I think everybody, I know I, I'm expected to work a lot faster. It doesn't yeah. mean that I do. Yeah. It doesn't mean I answer every email <laughs> yeah. in two minutes that I get, you yeah. know. Um, but everybody 
not everybody, sometimes people feel the need to post more, or yeah. create more, and so if they're not having their own ideas, they may look to somebody else. And so I think just you know taking that pause to be like, what did this, did this meant something to this person that created it? Have I ever seen this somewhere else? And if I haven't, what is, they might have a story behind it, and I need to yeah. kind of respect Honor. that. But if everybody's doing rainbows and unicorns, I mean, this is kind of where I get to a point because sometimes I get so stubborn, I miss yeah. out on something right. that could be like meaningful to the overall culture. Yeah. Like I finally broke down and did unicorns, which are very, you know, important in my yeah. realm of, you know, my audience and, you yeah. know, clientele. Yeah. So, you know, my clients are like, thank you for doing unicorns. Yeah, but I fought it for a long time because yeah. you see it starting and then everyone's doing it. I'm like, I don't want to be everybody. Yeah. You know, I kind of push against that. So it's a, this is what I mean by that whole story is very complicated. Yeah. Everything you just said is very on all kinds of different sides. And one of the things you said that I find really interesting is, um, you know, I said you said I don't know what's going on with the education system. I also have all this empathy for, like, I didn't go to an art school, and yeah. I felt like I wasn't, I, I wasn't taught very much at all at the school yeah. I went to. I had some really good mentors. Yeah. But I don't feel like any of this was anything I learned. And I watched people go through that program yeah. and get burnt because they weren't taught properly. Mm. And so I look at people that, you know, saying, well, maybe the art schools aren't doing a good job. And then I think, well, what a, that also puts a, a boundary to anybody that can't afford to go to art school. You're correct. And so yeah. they can't even learn. So they're going to do it wrong. Like yeah. they're going to and I that's why when someone gets torched online, I'm like, "Wait. Let's yeah. What can we is was there another way?" Yeah. Could, because you don't know. Like yeah. maybe they grew up in Iowa and yeah. they just started making stuff and they're watching unicorns are everywhere now. Yeah. So I'll make a unicorn yeah. and and it just I just, I get, I'm very sensitive yeah, to, that's a to really, loving people. And, no, that's a really kind way of looking at it because everybody has a different story and a different yeah. way of coming at it. And when I went to um, undergrad, it was a state school. It was Penn State. So um, my first, I think, two years were all like general ads. You know, I had yeah. to take like, which was great because I took some great courses, but sure. I didn't get into graphic design until the last two years. Right. So that education was like a deep dive into graphic design. Boot camp. Just like designing. There wasn't any design history. There wasn't any design theory. I took art history classes to complete my art um, major, and those were fantastic. You know, yeah. I learned about like you know, the Renaissance and all that great yeah, stuff. But yeah. I didn't actually take a design history or design theory class. Um, anything about, you know, what we're talking about here, which would yeah. be really helpful. So you are absolutely correct um, that you don't know where people are coming Which from. is part of the reason why I ask those questions on this podcast is because yeah. this is supposed to be a resource that helps democratize. Yeah. You know, yeah. Creative education. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, so we're way off on a tangent, which is great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I <laughs> hope that the listeners did. Um, okay, so I want to circle back and talk about, I wonder if also working at these companies yeah. where you're applying your stuff to three-dimensional objects, 
if that has a impact on what you do now. Because one of the most interesting things about your work to me is how seamlessly your flat illustrations turn into 3D objects. It's crazy. Isn't it's it? amazing. <laughs> I'm so you. jealous so of much. it. Only in a loving way. <laughs> Thank you. But I just I love all of your I wooden toys and your books that. and I, I love Oh, that. it's so amazing. But did you do you I feel like you picked up with, some of that? I think there? it started with Play-Doh. I think oh. it started at my friend Molly Aronson's house when her mom would like give us these jars of Play-Doh and I would make little like um Hey Molly, if you're listening, um, <laughs> little like fruit baskets and stuff. Um, I actually didn't do that much 3D work in the companies. It okay. really didn't start until I was given the opportunity to work with Land of Nod. Okay. And I came in at Land of Nod. You know, they Lilla used to have a great quote. It's I think it's a quote that people have talked about. You might know. It. Like there's a it's a common life's a combination of like good luck, but then it's what you do with the luck. Yeah. So. I had done a project with Land of Nod, and the next year they got bought by somebody. It was before they got bought by Crane Barrel, and they were growing. Mm -hmm. And they decided that instead of um, bringing in other people's toys, they were going to do their own toy line. And they had to have like 300 SKUs by the end of the year. So they said, Do you what have. What does that mean, SKUs? Oh, SKUs, num count number. Okay. Um, right. What does S stand for? It's like a. They had to have, so they had to have 300 toys developed by the end of the year. So not only did they have them designed, but they had to like find developers for it, they had to put it through kid testing, they had to do all this. So because they were starting it? Yeah. Uh, and they were learning? Yeah. And were so were you benefiting from them not knowing too? So you're like learning at the same yeah, time? So, well, so they, they're like, so do you have any ideas? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, sure I have ideas. Yeah, that, by the way, that's a lesson. I am in a situation right now where I'm about to go to a meeting where I got a question like that. They're like, you got any of these kind of ideas? I'm like, Pfft. I got a million, like yeah. zero. Right. <laughs> but anytime someone asks you that question, you yeah. say yes. Yeah. That's true. So I had, I was always like, like I told you, like I'm, I love to make, so I'm always making. And there was a cold day, and I had gone to Michael's and gotten these like sheets of just plain shrinky dink, yeah. and I was making them with my boys who could care less about shrinky dink. <laughs> They're like, Mom, what are you doing? Yeah. But I'm like, look how cool we make them big and we shrink them. Which so at first I was thinking, wow, good. Good job, like bending the gender stereotypes yeah. of shrinky dinks. But I, they've done all they, sorts of things with me, and some yeah. of them, some of them Good. take, and some of them yeah, don't. Right. Um, so you know, they did draw on some, but I took mine and I started punching holes in them, and I like put a string on them. I remember my mom was visiting; she took some pictures with me, and I'm like, okay, project one. I put them on the back of a thing. I'm like, shrinky dink jewelry collection. It was like something that they had on their in their catalog. They brought it back. Um, I did some dolls, but I was just like, yeah, here are ideas. I would just, I would just keep pitching ideas. Yeah. So that was basically my end to starting to develop product with them. And I think it did just- Did you end up thinking differently? Cause that's the big thing for me is that thinking 3D and th thinking 2D, thinking of an editorial versus yeah. a toy is a big leap in, you know, you have to develop that craft to start playing in the different way so right. I, but when I work, look at your kids books or yeah. whatever they're they are made with three dimensions in mind you're really you're not you're playing almost more like a sculptor than an illustrator or something does yeah. that make sense thanks yeah. yeah I have so I have a harder time doing what you're doing right. that's more challenging what, for me just like pictures like flat pictures you mean yeah, interestingly yeah, okay. enough. Yeah, I mean, that's what I started doing. 
Um, but once I started doing things in three dimension, my mind actually was like, this is your safe place. Like, this is something you understand. Can, can I just, I have to just highlight that because that is, that little uh, metal detector in your mind yeah. is so valuable. Yeah. And I do think noticing, that's, that, that's the process of finding your gift is yeah. like, where is that comfort zone? Because yeah. for me, I, anyway, not, I'm not going to go to me, but that. That's a really interesting thing. It was, and it's been, I have to admit, it's been kind of a scary path because I was with um, an agent, my agent for many, many years. She got me started and they were wonderful, but I don't think when you know what you exactly what you want to do, you're not really a good fit for an agency where you need to be doing everything. Right. And I felt like I needed to be responsible for this thing that was like, you need to do this thing. Yeah. And it w I was starting to kind of broaden that, the base of people that want to work with me like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't like, I'm not, you know, it wasn't making me all my money. So, but I felt like I needed to, you know, and again, listening to your podcast, like really focus on that, that piece. So that's when I decided to just, make the jump and say I've got to go do this on my own I've got I either need to figure out how to really focus on the product whether it's developing the books yeah. um, or more you know toys or like you know more my own product line whatever that looks like but this is where I do feel the best and the happiest and the safest and my brain wants to do that and um, I, I just need to kind of go for it. And I was lucky enough that my husband was like, yes, this is where you're happy. Like I had the support so from him. So did you cut off things? You mean you other creative? Yeah. Um, in a sense, yes, because every time I'm not working on pattern design, which is, I mean, that's kind of more the thing. Maybe it's not the editorial work that I'm talking about that you do. Like, I love, like, your poster work. Like, I love doing stuff like that. But in my, like, what I grew up with in illustration in the agency is doing patterns. Yeah. Because that's what gets you, like, a big, like, licensing agreements. And it can work across, like, broadly across many different um, companies. And so every time I'm working towards product development, I'm not working on patterns, which can get me other kinds of work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've been told I have, like, a very specific branded look. And that was something that was bad. I was told that for a while. Right. And I'm like, I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I need to Thank keep you. just pushing that further. Um, so I'd still do the patterns to help, you know, they're fun and they do bring in a different market and I th you know you do them on the packaging yeah. I also I've been really lucky fortunate to work with a client who's like will you do the packaging I'm like sure because then I get to tell more of the story yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm also very much a storyteller so I like to tell as much of a story as possible if I can do a book with characters animated series like the whole thing and tell like the yeah. entire story that's you know the dream yeah. so um yeah, so I do, in a sense, I am giving up. Like, I'm not turning, I, I don't necessarily have to turn clients away, but by not doing that work, I am saying no to certain things that can be income. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which I mean, is hard. I mean, as it's you a little scary. navigate your yeah. own, that, th this is one thing that my dad is like one of my mentors, and yeah. he's a businessman. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the things that took forever for him to help me with is that he was never steering his ship. And so I was saying, like, things like that might not seem like a big deal, but it, when you're 
pushing for like when you what you create and yeah. the things you decide to do yeah create the next reality that you're going to go into yeah and so all of those little decisions matter they do and so he i would explain to him and he'd be like i think just let it happen i was like no i know if i make if i yeah. quit doing that then that stuff's gonna go away yeah. or um whatever real quick and this is just realness what time do you have to leave 220 okay you have to leave at 2.20? Yeah. So we have tons of time. Okay. Because this could be a long episode. Okay. As long as you're okay with it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, there's a bunch of stuff I want to get yeah. to. Um, did I? Okay. Yes. Real quick. Let's go back to that because I want to tie that up before we move on. Yeah. But be, uh, that's so interesting to me because I'm in a season right now where uh, I feel like the water stirring of some of the new things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm feel like an awakening to me of like I feel more comfortable making this yeah. than anything I've made in my adult life. Mm, like I that's the best. It is amazing, but it's scary. It's scary as shit. It is. Can you can that? swear. Yeah, you can yeah. swear as much as you want. Um but it is. Yeah. It's petrifying. Cause when, yeah. Cause it's like you don't want to do like you only want to do that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well that's the other scary thing is that you are <laughs> yeah. Well and I start having these conversations with Sophie and I, I can see she's like scared. She's like, yeah. Andy? Yeah. We've seen this before. <laughs> slow, slow down. And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm gonna like turn down, you know, all yeah. my clients or anything yeah. or make any drastic moves. Yeah. But you start feeling that feeling. But I found that uh you have to follow it. Yeah. And it leads to, most of the time, it leads to the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm seeing it. I'm not 100% positive, but I think I'm seeing it. And um, when I started to, I was just like, I, I really, I was at home and I started crying because you just don't know, like, when you're on that path and you're um, making these decisions. Like, yeah. you're just following your intuition. I mean, I know yes. I'm following a career that I have and the brand that I have and things I've built, but at the same time, I don't know if it's like, you don't know if it's working, right? Uh, Yeah. Sometimes you just don't know if it's really working. And when you are making those decisions to stop working on certain things, to work on other things, um, it's, it's just a fascinating trip, so. When you said you think you're seeing it, can you explain what you meant by that? I think I'm starting to see like the clients that I want to be having that will support that like yeah. dream of mine to build that. I'm also trying, you know, making some conscious decisions about, you know, who I'm reaching out to and kind of letting go of other other things for that secure feeling of, you know, I need this feedback. And what and, made you cry? Um, this is me being Terry Gross. Okay. Ter- Terry Gross will never let someone say that and not say. <laughs> <laughs> and what was let's dig deeper into that but that's just because I I'm a very email person and I I just love soaking in an emotion like that so I just what you said you started seeing these clients they're kind of coming out of the woodwork to uh, you feel like you can build this thing that you've been dreaming of yeah can you can you just like was it the the toys and the like the 3d things yeah and yeah. so and what what was that moment because what happened? I've felt like um, I think because for most of my life I've relied on other people 
to help me build something. And I think this is the first time I've been building something. I mean, not to say I don't get amazing support from the people in my life. Yeah, amazing. Right. I yeah. have the most amazing partner. He's so kind and yeah. so supportive. But making the decisions is, are, it's really hard making all the decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. And just trusting that it's going to go that direction. And um, I don't always trust myself. Yeah. <laughs> like even though I know, like I know my intuition is saying to do something. And it's hard to not follow the pack. I have peers that are doing things and I have some really amazing peers, artist friends that appreciate me for me and I appreciate them for them. And we're not all doing the same thing and that's really wonderful to yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I just, I don't, like it's, you know, you just kind of feel like, this is, I think it was just knowing that I, that I'm doing, like I'm actually doing it, you know? It was a feeling of, uh, you, cause like right now I'm in a sim, like I told you, I'm in this yeah. feeling, I'm in this place where I have a bunch of opportunities and I'm making some new stuff that's uh, basically it's got the most, I have the most to gain from following that, Yeah. but there's no guarantee. It's all... Yeah. Like, I'm trusting, I'm taking a leap of faith, yeah. basically. And you're saying, you started taking those leaps. Yeah. And then you got the first fruits of it. Maybe this, it's actually like working. I think it's starting, yeah. I think it just takes a while. Yeah. But that's a, I mean, that is like a hell of a creative journey. It is the creative journey of like betting on yourself. Yeah. Betting on your own ideas. Yeah. Trusting them. Uh, and enough to put in the time. Like I, one of the things I keep talking about with Sophie, she's starting up her embroidery yeah, fiber art stuff right. again. And uh, it's she's she has to do all this experimenting, and she has to learn so much about uh, dyeing and all and all these things she didn't know. D dyeing fabric, not just dyeing. <laughs> dyeing fabric. Um, and and she's like, man, it's so it's so hard to do this when you don't know if it's going to pay off, and not in terms of money, just. Is it going to work? Is it right, leading to a right. thing? And I said, that's the thing of like, you only dig if you really believe there's gold. Like, yeah. you like yeah. in that moment, before you see the gold is scary as hell. Yeah. But I guess that's the feeling of you got, you saw a glimmer yeah. of the gold and you were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was so scared. That. Yeah. 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 And amazing. I think, yeah. And it's that emotion. It's funny because, um. I was just talking to a friend of mine, another artist, the other day, and we were talking about that creative process of, and it's just of between diving in deep and like letting go to see what will happen, like what color True. will it will it die to, yes, and just yeah. letting go and being like totally free and being like, what the fuck ever, like yes. I am just gonna like go for this. I want to do product design, and I am just gonna put like everything behind it. And then the next day, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I have to go back to my old clients and make sure that in six months we have some like money coming in. Yeah. Um, but knowing that if I do that, I'm not like working towards this other goal. Yeah. So, and, and the thing is, that's kind of the balance of life in general. Yeah. And so I feel like as a, cre like within, it's very meta, like within every day when I'm creating, I'm working through life in general. Yes. So it's just like weird, it's this weird thing. So I'm Where like, like everyday yeah. therapy, it's just, you know, the process of creating and following your creative dreams. 
Yes, like learn, like you're saying, like you're working these same. You, you know what you exercise. learn about uh, following your gut and, yeah. and hearing your inner voice and yeah. being true to that and sticking at it and whatever it shows up and is in practice in your art and it does the same in your life and you learn yeah. and they go back because and forth. honestly we, we none of us know it's that thing none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow right. we have no idea we yeah. just have the story in our head so if yeah. I'm deciding I'm going to do product design like and I just say this is what I'm doing. And I say the story in my head is like, it's going to be good and fine. Like, I don't, tomorrow, like, you know, something amazing could happen, like an amazing client call or something really devastating could happen. Like, I could get into a car accident. Yeah. You just yeah. don't know. No. Um, or I could tell myself a story that we're not going to have any money for six months. So, why I really care about tomorrow? Just be in the day and follow whatever needs to happen. And then that, I really believe that energy creates the thing that you need to happen. Yeah. Um, not to sound hokey, but it, it does it does really work because if you're in your best space, you're going to create your best work and people respond to that. Yeah. They just respond to your best work and you can only do that if you're in your best space. Yeah. So if you can just not think about tomorrow and think about next week and six months, then yeah. it will all, you uh, know. And that's, love... the, that's the play between the just jumping in and doing it and not trying to, you know, fighting the reptilian brain of like, ah. Yeah, and it's a weird. Yeah, I mean I, that whole. That's a weird dance. It's a, uh, you know, man. One of my problems is that uh, I think like uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I go back, back, back. I'm think. Oh, there's a statement before that statement, and a statement before that, because I have to prove each part <laughs> of it. Uh, that sounds like a crazy person, but um, I uh, this idea that. It, you're, again, it goes back to not thinking dual or black and white. It's a spectrum. Right. And there's a lot of both and thinking because yes. you're saying, you know, one of I'm a, in the next episode. I'm actually going to do. I love that do, part of you, by the way. Uh, the both and. Yeah. Thank you, because I, I I try to embrace it really that that kind of relative grasping of two different it's, seemingly it's contradictory really things. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's beautiful. Thank it's you. It's really we need more of that in this world. And yeah. I and like the next episode. I'm gonna do an episode that's one of my most woo-woo episodes I've ever done, but it's gonna be followed up with one of my most materialist, you know, because because I think, uh, like I'm gonna be talking about, you know, defining your desire mm -hmm. and the power of that. Yeah. Uh, and then pair that with doing the work. So it's a, it's a very, anyway, you. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so interesting. We talk. About, yeah, we have lots of conversations about it too. Because you need to survive, right? So you need to have like a roof over your head, and you'd rather do what you love to have the roof over your head, right? But that needs to be balanced by being in the moment and enjoying whatever's going on, enjoying yeah the people around you, the day, all that. Because what stuff. you're it's you an, said like you had this vision of being a product designer. And where you want to go, yeah. which is in the future, yeah. And then, so that, so that's in the future. But then a focus on the present day. Mm -hmm. So there are two different things uh, working in tandem yeah. in different different spaces. And I just yeah. was pointing out that, I mean, because one of the things I'll talk a lot about, you know, put, putting a dot on the map, uh, but then making sure that you're enjoying the process. Yeah. And so. They're not, they can seem like opposing views. They're right. actually working together. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what do you, uh, 
this goes to the earlier question. I I realize we're all over the place, but well, yeah, I like okay. I feel like we're having lots of great moments yeah. strung together yeah. through some kind of thing. Um, and uh, but I'm I'm loving it. This is this it reminds me of my favorite episode. So I'm really okay. I'm having a great time. Uh, <laughs> I hope you are too. Uh, but um, I but yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what I wanted to say was. Uh, I got way off. by explaining the weird off track. Yes. I got even more off track. Gotcha. But um, okay, so I wanted to talk to you about how do you do you have practices that help you get into that best space for making? Because um, the, I think the the more yourself you are, yeah. and the more the more your work is like you, right? I and that. you know. All of that, it actually requires, like when I was 22, yeah. doing work at a random agency, yeah. you know, freelance work, it didn't matter what self I was. Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't at my best self, didn't matter. I could yeah. do the work, didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Now that I'm doing the podcast and my personal work and my stories and all that, uh, it requires me being in my best energy. Yeah, definitely. And I have struggled to figure out how to do that consistently especially as i'm really stressed yeah uh and so i wonder what routines practices mindsets anything okay. what do you have so i have my tool belt yes talked Let's about see, doing the like tool a kid's belt. tool belt yeah um so everybody's different i definitely think you know consistency i like this jackhammer all, guy if you're good, hearing yeah. that person but anyway um so i'm you know i'm pretty consistent with we talked about Routine. breakfast, um, and you have that two because I, I, that, that was on the test. <laughs> two eggs. We didn't talk. Yeah, you have two soft boiled yeah. eggs every morning. And by the way, I think I'm going to steal it because I, awesome. I could definitely get down. With I that. highly recommend it. It came out of um, I have migraines, and so I think it was about eight years ago. Too. Okay, eight years ago, I changed up my diet, and one of the I I am not. Um, completely gluten-free, but I did take out a lot of carbohydrates. So in the morning, I I used to not eat breakfast at all. Um, That's what I'm doing right so now. So now I just, I start every morning with protein. It changed my life. Mm -hmm. It really did. Mm -hmm. It's very, very helpful. Also, my best time is in the morning. My best Me creative too. time is in the morning. Me too, 100%. So if you've got some protein in you, and you're working like I think that that's also really important to know when your best creative time is and like access your so you're already doing all that access your I'm not doing neurons like you have eggs on me I don't have eggs yeah, yet eggs coffee if you need it yeah. um, do you do coffee oh my gosh okay, yeah. me too. I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah I need that first morning yeah, coffee smells so good um, I definitely so I'm very much a proponent of meditation, but I think that looks different for everybody and it looks different for me every day. Yeah. Something I've started instituting is my shower meditation, yeah. which I think I got from Eckhart Tolle when he was talking. I did a great course in town called um, Meditation for Everyday Living, mm -hmm. and we just practice things like meditating while you're walking or doing dishes. Yeah. So this is just in the shower, like saying like, oh, I'm in the shower and the water's hitting me and not thinking about the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So basically trying to fit in meditation or just calmness wherever yeah. I can in the day. So if I don't think, if I know my day's gonna be super busy, I make sure I meditate in the shower first thing yeah. when I wake up. Um, so, just, so far we have, because I love this kind of list, yeah. one is uh, like a healthy routine that's yeah. good for your mindset. Yeah. Uh, two is a self-awareness of 
your peak performance. So yeah, and and that's big. That's yeah. huge. So knowing knowing are you a morning person? When yeah. do you get that creative energy? Yeah. Tapping into that, and then three so far is some kind of spiritual practice. I don't know if you'd consider meditation spiritual Definitely. practice, but Definitely. mental or uh, yeah. mental health slash spiritual practice yeah. of some kind. And yeah. I think it's I find it helpful. I'm just I find it helpful to keep that consistent too because I have kids so and consistency is a big thing yeah so when it's nice out I love to go outside and meditate so I usually do it like when after I pick them up from school I get them home I get them a snack and then I go outside for like 20 minutes and it recharges me I get to be in the sunshine and get some vitamin D so I think for everybody it's different and like I said for me it's even different depending on the season or how much work I have so, but I try to make sure that I do that um, something else that um, a therapist just suggested to me recently, my therapist, which I think has been an outstanding and very, very interesting practice, and I highly recommend this, especially to all the moms out there, because I think women um, and guys, I don't want to keep guys out of this, but women's need to take care you don't of everybody have to worry else. About excluding men. Okay, <laughs> Every, women's need to take care of everybody else and put them below is is you know it's a can pretty be, stereotypical yeah it's well and can be lot. problematic yeah so she just suggested to me to think about when i'm doing things for myself so i can say you're doing this for you susie so what i'll do is because it's so important to just do at least one thing a day for yourself so even if it's like oh i'm gonna take 10 minutes out and pick up the phone and call a friend even during a busy day like i'm doing this for me yeah. and claiming that time for myself on a busy day helps it's a, it's made a huge difference because I'm like it makes me so happy. Um, I've recognized myself in the day that it's like my time. Um, sometimes I'll be like I'm gonna go and sit in the bedroom for 15 minutes, and everybody else can just you know do their yep. thing. I don't have to announce it to them, but I'm like I'm doing this for me. <laughs> so I, I like that better though. I like you going in the living room and telling your friends, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm going to the bedroom and I'm doing this for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that. I think That's just making sure that every day you do something for yourself, even if it's yeah. really simple, but telling yourself that and reinforcing that you're worth it and mm -hmm. that you're giving yourself that time because we're all so busy and you, you probably spend that amount of time on your phone looking through Instagram feed and that's yeah. not really doing anything to give yourself any sort of like self comfort or feedback or um, That's really great too because you know uh, I'm planning this series and I'm talking about I'm going to talk about how vague intentions uh, a they don't they rarely go somewhere and b even if they go somewhere you don't have anything to realize that you've uh, succeeded yeah so you still don't feel like like if you say what do you want to do this year well I want to make progress yeah uh, you might have made progress by the next year but you won't know it because you didn't define it. So you say you might have done things for yourself throughout the day, right? Uh, and not even realized it, right? Um, and you might go by the end of the day and be like, "I'm not even, I, you know, I'm not even doing anything for me." Yeah. Like I, and and then know, you get upset with potentially your partner and your yeah. kids, and it just comes out in these other ways. So it's been really helpful to just, yes. you, yeah. That's so good. So that's been good. And then the other thing is just making as many conscious decisions as I can in my yeah. life. And in terms of work, what that looks like is that if I'm, I know what my week looks like. Like, I think we hopefully, you know, most people, like we all do. I know what my week looks like. I know what the carpools look like with the kids. I know like what my partner can pick up, like where he can pick up the slack. 
Um, we're a blended family, so we've got, you know, um, kids coming from the other house and then all that stuff. So yeah. if I have a big project coming in, you know, we, I, we sit and we talk about it and we say, like, what is this going to look like? What is this going to look like for grocery shopping? What is this going to look like for my evenings? How is this going to impact us as a family? And making a conscious decision yeah. and everything works like that because yeah. if we're not on board together and we're not, like, 100%, like, you know, if he doesn't feel like, you know, well, for the next three weeks I'll do the grocery shopping and it's good, and I'm like, okay, we're both on board. There's not going to be any, like, by the end of three weeks. I did all the grocery shopping. I'm like, and I'm beat because I've been up till midnight every night. Like, we don't, yeah. there's not going to be any of that. So every decision is very conscious. And, um, and I try to do that with everything I take on, whether it's a job or meeting someone to do something like what if I'm doing it's just like the work thing if you're doing one thing you're taking away from something else yeah. so how how does this look in my week how is this going to affect my energy if it's bringing something positive that's great you're if it's going to stress me out commitments yeah. and, and yeah making sure you're mindful about yeah what you're saying yes yeah to and it doesn't always work perfectly if I come home if I go do something I'm like oh my god why do I'm so stressed out I'm like okay well just make a note to yourself and maybe you don't do that again We got an hour more of this, and we get into uh, a bunch of other personal stuff, a bunch of other practical stuff, uh, a lot of laughs, talking about ADHD and Asperger's and all kinds of stuff in the next episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Tune in next week for part two. You won't regret it. No regrets. No regrets. Got it? Okay. Thank you, Susie, so much for being on the show. I could not be more excited about having you on the show and I know that you're gonna have to come on and do a part three someday thank you Susie go check out Susie on Instagram at Susie Altman this is the part of the show where we give a little shout out to well before we give out the shout out don't forget about creativepeptalk.com slash tour go sign up if you're a California LA person especially if you're into music or writing uh, any creativity of all time there's of all time, of all kinds. There's there's all different guests. It's not just illustration and design this time around. Go check it out or go check out Skill Camp in Memphis in April. Okay, this is the part of the show where we give a little shout out to our patrons. We're on Patreon. I don't know if you know that. Patreon.com slash creative pep talk. This podcast is partially funded by you, the listener. Isn't that special? It is very special. Uh, and we appreciate you. We love you patrons and we, we see your comments and we, and we see your support and it means a ton to us. And so I just want to go out of my way to give a shout out to people that put, that, that put their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting the show. And so I like to give a little shout out. Here you go. Let's find one. I'm just going, scrolling up and down randomly here. Where will we stop here? We stopped right there. It's Jason Hegland. Jason Hegland. Let's see. He's got a Twitter. Let's see who this person is. Hi, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for uh, being such a kind soul and supporting the podcast with financial support. Jason can hear me typing. 
Let's go find this character. I think he's an illustrator. Is this good content? <laughs> Jason Hagland. Go check it out. JasonHagland.com illustration. He helps bring stories to life using fun and authentic vibes. You know that is my vibe. Fun and authentic vibes. We're vibing right now. Go check it out. He's also got an Instagram at jheglund, J-H-E-G-L-U-N-D. Go follow it. He's got a cool strawberry guy who's running on there. He's doing some, some good stuff. I'm pumped about it. Thank you, Jason, for backing the show. Husband, father, Portland native. That's who you are. I really appreciate you, bud. Thanks for doing that. And uh, uh, all thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for editing and providing a soundtrack for this show. Thanks to all of you for listening. Stay tuned for part two with Susie next week. Speak soon. Stay pepped up. Weird inflection. I can't end on that note. Let me try it again. Until we speak again. Until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up. <laughs>